You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, take your seats. I said take your seats. Class, sit. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view. So give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Hi, welcome to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvani, Director of Training and Behavior at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey, and your host. Today, actually, we're going to be talking about a topic that one a member of the audience asked me to talk about. She sent me an email and she said she was having trouble with her dog on leash with other dogs, exhibiting inappropriate leash behavior. So I thought we'd talk about this a little bit today. I mean, this is a huge, huge topic. So I'll get in as much as I can and maybe I'll even do a part two or a part three if you're exhibiting any interest in this. A dog that exhibits threatening or aggressive behaviors towards other dogs can be a serious responsibility to his owner since these behaviors can be difficult to suppress. In today's society, owning what we call a feisty Fido is a potential liability for owners since some homeowners insurance specifically exclude certain breeds of dogs from coverage. So consequently, many of these dogs are isolated from other dogs sadly for the rest of their lives or are they surrendered to shelters and many times end up being euthanized. Dog-to-dog aggression is one of the hardest behavior problems to extinguish. It's difficult to eliminate because there are so many factors contributing to the behavior which I'm going to talk about in a, a few seconds. Some of the common questions that people ask me, uh, was the dog properly socialized with other dogs when he was younger? Was there early trauma? Is it a genetic component? Is it a learned behavior? Is the dog continually frustrated because he can't get to play with dogs? And much more. Now, this can take a long time to change how the dog feels about other dogs, and it can be very frustrating to you as well. Patience and a positive attitude really is the key in order for you to achieve success. So the key to remember is that your dog has two trainers in any given situation, you and the environment. And the environment includes any stimulus around the dog. It can be other dogs, it can be spells, objects, people, uh, be a blade of grass, it can be a distraction. So the goal is to set your dog up for success in training by using a combination of what we call classical and operant conditioning. You want to make sure that you, the owner, um, are the primary means of delivering all rewards to the dog and reinforcing all of your dog's behaviors. So you must become that important key to the dog that's above anything else. So we're going to take a very short break and hear from our sponsors. And when we return, we're going to talk a little bit of why your dog might be exhibiting these behaviors and what you can do about it. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. 
Pet Planet magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Hi, and welcome to the Family Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Colleen Safford. Each week, we'll focus on different topics, child pet safety, child pet training, just how to make an appropriate pet selection for your family. All of these things will be covered in each one of our episodes. So we hope that you will join us at the Family Pet on Pet Life Radio. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Hi, welcome back. This is Pia Silvani, host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to talk about what we call Feisty Fidos. And that's a name that we came up with here at St. Hubert's for a program that we developed specifically dealing with dogs that don't get along with other dogs or that are frustrated when they're around other dogs on leash. And some possible causes, people said, what could have caused this? Well, there are many. There's many, many reasons, as I went over in the introduction. But other reasons could be sometimes dogs learn that pulling to greet other dogs is quite rewarding. I never allow my dogs to greet other dogs when they're on leash for various reasons. If I know the dog very well, it's it's a friend of theirs, that's fine. But the key is to keep the leash very loose so the dogs don't get tangled and you don't want the dog to ever feel that it can't escape. But pulling me to greet other dogs is not going to get the dog to the other dog. That's inappropriate, poor behavior. It's like a child dragging you to the candy shelf just to grab a piece of candy off. You're not going to just obediently follow. And what could happen, once you get to the dog, things might look good, and then all of a sudden they change very quickly. The key to remember is that your dog is reading the other dog, and that dog might appear to be fine, and then all of a sudden they're too close for comfort, and things aren't as fun as they thought. So changes in the body language as the result of improper leash walking can also have an effect. I know my dogs do not like dogs that are pulling and jumping and that are unruly on leash because it looks foreign to them. Think of it from the dog's perspective. The dog really has no idea of what this dog is trying to communicate. So picture a dog that's dragging and pulling on leash and barking and maybe lunging. What does that body language mean to a dog? I don't know. Do they know? It looks very threatening. It's not normal. So when you think about it, 
a dog should have a nice normal gate, a natural gate in order for the dog, another dog to read them. So you want to make sure that you've got good leash manners. And if you know the dog that you're going to bring your dog up to, make sure the leashes are nice and loose and they're not putting any tension on the collars whatsoever. Tethers and tie-outs, I never recommend. Also, fence barriers, that can cause a lot of frustration. So if you tether a dog outside and then the dog sees other dogs running by or even worse, a dog comes running onto your property, your dog can't escape. And also, if he sees another dog passing by, he has no means of getting to him. So I don't like tethering dogs outside. Other causes, again, could be if you have multiple dogs, all of a sudden one redirects at the other dog. So now the other dog is associating strange dogs with being attacked by his family member. Putting the dog on a leash when he's bad, for example, can be another sign. Or, again, straining, pulling to get off lead, and then you let the dog go. A lot of times, that can elicit a fight. If your dog is pulling and dragging, say you're going to the dog park, and he just can't wait to get loose, and you're hanging on to him for dear life so you can get the leash off, and then you let him go, and he blasts off, and he charges another dog. That can scare another dog. It can really frighten another dog. And that can be a way for the dog to be totally frustrated and cause frustration in the other dog as well. So do you have him on a tight, short lead? A lot of people say to me, when I see another dog, I bring my dog in close and I keep him on a short lead. Again, that's going to bring about more frustration. There's nothing wrong with bringing your dog in closer. I do the same thing. However, I've taught my dogs to heal. So it might be good if you, again, go back to past, either take a class that's local or go back to one of the training sessions where we talked about how to teach your dog to heal and make it a pleasant experience. Leash corrections that are associated with dogs also. If every time your dog sees another dog and he starts to get a little unruly and you start to correct him, he's going to make the association whenever there is another dog, I get corrected. A lot of times they don't connect the behavior with the correction. They're connecting the correction with what they're looking at. So now the neutral dog has turned into a trigger or a predictor for correction. So you want to be careful about that. And another thing that can cause it is also putting the dog and forcing the dog into a sit-stay in the presence of another dog. I don't like this at all for the simple fact is you're not giving the dog a choice. So if you put your dog in a sit-stay when another dog approaches to allow for greeting, you're not giving that dog a choice to flee if he feels threatened. So I never ever put my dogs in a sit-stay when they're around other dogs that are approaching. I want him to know that he can get away if need be. And then improper use of equipment. If you don't use your equipment correctly, if you're, say, using a halter of some sort and you're tight leading the dog and and the dog is straining, it can cause a lot of frustration in the dog. So, where do you begin? Well, you have to think, what are your goals? What have you tried to do? What equipment are you using? And... Are you willing to use treats? That's a big part of it. Rewards are big. Um, Not saying that corrections don't have a place, but not in the beginning. They certainly don't. And what are you really dealing with? Are you dealing with a dog that is just aroused on leash or maybe 
in the car, in the house when a dog walks by? Are you dealing with a frustrated dog? Are you dealing with a fearful dog? Okay, so there are many different types of problems. There's not just one reason to deal with. So what kind of response also are you getting? So that's something that we need to look into. So there are different responses. So for example, an avoidance response. If the dog is turning away from another dog, that's really a cutoff signal. So that's a good behavior to teach the dog. So anytime if I don't want my dogs to interact, what I will do is I will make sure I turn them around. So that's a signal to the other dog that my dog is not interested. So turning away, think of that as a cutoff signal. Sometimes sitting down with the dog's back towards the other dog, again, is an avoidance response. So if I can get my dog seated with his back towards the other dog, that's a signal. But if I also see that another dog is turning around, that dog does not want to interact. What are the postures? Passive, submissive postures. So you want to look at the posture of the dog as part of an avoidance response. If the dog is in a very low position, if he rolls over his tail, is between his legs, and maybe he lifts a leg, okay, or he's crouching down low to get away from the other dog. Again, another avoidance response. Now, sometimes you can get what's called a fear-induced response. That usually happens when a dog freezes. He completely, he's just immobile. That can also be a cutoff signal as well. Some dogs might lie down and freeze. Other dogs might stand and freeze. You might get what's called active submissive postures. That means they sort of wiggle. They're down low and they're very wiggly. It's an appeasement type signal also where they're anxious and they're trying to not interact but they don't want the dog looming over them. You might also see what we call displaced behaviors. And those are our behaviors that the dog exhibits when he's in a conflicting setting. He's anxious, he doesn't know what to do. And some of those are, you might get little tongue flicks where the dog seems to be licking his lips. You might see the dog give a very wide, long yawn. He's not tired right then, it's out of context. The dog might also be sniffing the ground. All of a sudden, he wasn't sniffing and he's sniffing, but he's looking forward. So typically when dogs, when you think about it, when they sniff the ground, they're looking at the ground. They're looking at what they're sniffing. But when they're sniffing the ground and they're looking at the other dog, for example, that can be also a displaced behavior. If it's fear-induced, some dogs will run away. I've seen dogs scream. They're just trying to get away. And then another response that we see many times is high arousal or frustration, where the dog could be leaping and pulling and barking and growling and screaming as if he's completely out of his mind and out of control. You could see piloerection. That means that the fur on the dog's back is standing up. Sometimes you might see it just on the shoulders. Sometimes you see it down towards the middle of the back big concern of mine is when I see it all the way down to the base of the tail or even if the tail becomes puffy. Okay, the longer the piloway erection, the more aroused the dog is. He could also be standing up on his hind legs. You want to be careful also about redirection. Is your dog so aroused that he can't get to the other dog so he starts to redirect at another dog? He redirects at you. 
redirects at something. And people say, well, I know he didn't mean to bite me. Yeah, he did. (laughs) He knows what he's doing. He's frustrated. He's absolutely frustrated. Over-the-top greetings also. Okay, high arousal, frustration. Be aware of what your dog is like. If your dog can play with dogs, do they get over the top really, really fast? Nice greeting. When dogs greet, they should greet nose to nose, tail to tails. First name, last name. And then they can decide if they want to go on a date or not. But if they all of a sudden just body slam somebody or they start posturing over the other one and there's no sniffing or maybe one dog appears to be bullying or challenging the other dog, yeah, that could be a problem. That's just not polite greeting. So I would really discourage that if you have a dog that just body slams other dogs, teach him to walk up calmly before you take the lead off. Some dogs also do not like when other dogs sniff them. And that could elicit something that usually is fear-based. So we're going to talk a little bit further about some exercises to do. And I'm going to talk about it briefly, but I can always expand upon this. But we're going to take a real short break to hear from our sponsors. So don't go away. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host, Pia Silvani, teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. Teacherspetsessions.com. Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place with Win With Dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and win with dogs. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Hi, welcome back. 
This is Pia Silvani, host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining us again. As you know, we were talking about dogs that get frustrated on lead. So what I have found in the past, my greatest success stories with dogs when I attempt to rehabilitate them to get along with other dogs, there are several that I have. The first, usually insecure dogs do quite well. They can be rehabilitated nicely. They don't want to fight. They're just anxious around other dogs. Perhaps they've had bad experiences with other dogs. Maybe they've been bullied. They've been put into maybe a daycare or dog park and dogs have been too rough with them. So they're insecure. Typically, what I like to do is match those dogs up with other dogs that have the same play style so they can learn. I also find good success with dogs that have never fought when they were off lead. So if a dog can be present with another dog without fighting, but might not like to play, and the key to remember is not all dogs like all dogs. It's just like people. Read, I'm sure you're out there. You can't say that I love every human being that I've ever met. And there's no reason why we need to think that all dogs should get along. So there could be something about that dog. However, it doesn't mean that we should be fighting with everyone also. So I have great success with those dogs if if they have not already had fights or a history of fights. Also, if they have a short history of leash frustration. So if this problem has been going on for years and years and years, that's going to be a lot more difficult to rehab. But if it just started, try to catch it early. If you're just starting to see signs of it, that's probably where you need to go to a trainer to get some help. And again, make sure you're going to a positive trainer. Also, dogs that are walked alone and not with other dogs. So young pups that are walked with, say, dogs that are highly frustrated and aroused, basically, they're going to trigger. The young dog is going to learn, basically, from the other dog that when dogs approach, there's a problem. And I'm not sure why my brother here is anxious, but I guess I should be anxious too. So I highly recommend that you not walk a nice social dog with a dog that gets overly aroused until you can get the one that's aroused under control. A lot of dogs only exhibit the behavior on what we call their turf. And that usually occurs when the dogs are taken on the same walk every single day or several times a day. So their territory is not only the yard, the territory becomes the entire block. So the dog, when the dog is taken out to new areas, the dog might appear to be pretty good and can handle being around other dogs, but all of a sudden he's the real tough guy once he's on his turf. Usually dogs that are anxious around other dogs will do a lot of marking. Marking is a sign of anxiety in dogs. So if you've got a dog that is marking, you walk three steps, he marks, walk three steps, he marks, walk three steps, he marks. Again, that's a dog that is marking his territory and he's anxious. My dogs, when I bring them out, they go to the bathroom and that's about it. So if we go on a long walk, typically what they will do is they will, if we're hiking, they will sometimes mark when we're changing paths, we're changing a direction or we're getting someplace new that it's unfamiliar. So that's an important marking behavior because that's how we find our way back home. That's not just saying, okay, this blade of grass is mine, this blade of grass is mine, and the world is going to be mine too because I don't want anybody to come here. Now, how do you get started? First, 
don't allow them to practice. And what I mean by that is if your dog barks at dogs passing by, he's in the car and he's barking at dogs and he's throwing himself up against the window and the car is rocking and rolling as you're driving by. Number one, that can be dangerous. Number two, the dog is not safe if he's loose in the car and he can jump from window to window. Um, So my recommendation is get a seatbelt for the dog, put your dog in a crate. If it can't deal with the crate, cover the crate. Do something so the dog is restrained. When I take my three dogs in my car, they're all in crates and they immediately jump in and they lie down and they sleep. Take a nap. They never look out until the car stops and they can sense if I'm picking something up. There are a lot of times when I might quickly run in to get a carton of milk. They know they're not coming, but they're quiet. That's the key. If your dog barks at dogs passing by on the street, don't give him access to the window. He shouldn't be sitting at the window in waiting, basically, for um, sentry duty. So make sure that your dog doesn't have access to the window so he can't be barking all the time. Or if he's outside in a, in a fenced yard or electronic fence, he's going to bark at every dog that goes by. What happens? He barks and the dog disappears. He barks and the dog disappears. What do you think the dog's learning? Your dog's learning very quickly that barking works for him because when I bark, I chase dogs away. And as we know, we didn't really chase them away. The person was just walking by. So think about those situations and don't allow the dog to practice. The more he practices, the better he gets. Now, also you can work in low emotive areas. So that could mean office territory or in new areas where the dog is less confident. So you don't want to start off working with your dog in these highly emotive areas. So take him out where he's a little bit less secure and start to work him there. Always want to work on distance first. The dog must be calm before approaching. So one step you might do, let's say for example, you always pass by this particular house that has a barking dog and your dog knows it obviously and you need to get by. What I will do is I'll see if I can add distance, number one, or I might take one step and have the dog sit and reward. I take one step, have the dog sit and reward. So the dog starts to pay attention to me and not the dog that's barking. Or try to go past the house when you know that the dog is not going to be out there. If it's a neighbor's dog, even calling the neighbor up and asking them, you know, you're working with your dog and you're trying to get him not to bark, would you mind bringing the dog inside? Again, depends on the neighbor. If you've got a nice neighborly neighbor, the neighbor will do it. Some people might not. So again, keeping distance. So if you know that you're walking your dog and you see a dog approaching, you think, darn, I know he's going to get aroused. Go down someone's driveway, step off to the side, cross the street, do something where you can achieve success. So you're not forcing the dog to get over the top. Once he's over the top, he's over the top. There's no getting them back until the dog disappears. Some dogs will keep their arousal level high until the dog is completely out of sight. So what I say is beat the bark. Don't wait for the dog to get highly aroused and then say, darn, now what do I do? So try to get his attention before. So what you want to do is you want to change the association. So what I will do is I'll step off to the side at a distance and when the dog sees another dog, I start to reward him. I start to treat him. So the dog now is a predictor that food will come. 
eventually, if the dog is calm and he's at a decent distance away from that other dog, he should look at that dog and then look right to me in hopes of getting a reward. If he's barking, you're probably too close. You need to add a little bit more distance. And finally, the default behavior that I'm always looking for is keep it immediately. If you start to get aroused, lie down. I'm not going to allow you to stand on your hind legs and blast off. So immediately, if I see a dog starting to get aroused, lie down. And that's where you have to have a really high reinforcement on your down. And make sure that your dog is dropping into the down position anywhere on any surface and have really, really good rewards with you. Now, there could be times, though, where you don't have much time to think. So I say keep the dog moving. Don't put him in a sit-stay. It's probably the worst position you can put a dog in that's anxious around other dogs. They're not ready for it. Once they become more relaxed around other dogs, yes, then he should be able to hold that, but not in the beginning. So I always just say keep your feet moving, keep the dog moving, and put pedal to the metal and get out of there as fast as you can. Also, I'm not a big proponent on teaching a watch me or a look. Uh, My feeling is if the dog is frightened about the other dog, well then look at what you're frightened at. Look at what are you afraid of? You're afraid of the other dog. Well then look at them. I don't particularly like rats, for example. And if I saw a rat on the street and someone told me, no, you have to stand still next to that rat and not look at him, my heart rate would probably be pounding. I'd be scared to death. Now, if I could watch the rat and look at the rat so I know that he's not going to approach me, I probably would still be anxious, but at least I'm looking at him. And once I learn that the rat is never going to approach me, I'm going to start to calm down. I probably will be more relaxed because now I've got a history of being at a certain distance near this rat. The rat has never approached me once. The rat appears to be calm and I'm with someone that can, I trust, that can get me out of there quickly. And that's what your dog needs to learn too, that you are the one or the only one that can help him get out of there when he needs to. So the key behind this is to find out exactly what could be causing the problems. Don't punish the dog for reacting. Instead, try to find a trainer that can work with them positively in your area. And many times these dogs can get over it. Many times they can't. But in case you're interested, we do have a training manual. I did write a training manual. It's called Feisty Fido's. It's our St. Hubert's Feisty Fido's training manual, which you can get from St. Hubert's if you give our office manager, Tracy, if you shoot her an email, she can send you an order form. Her email address is thofer, that's T-H-O-F-E-R at sthuberts.org and her email is also in the description of this lecture so if you'd like to hear a little bit more on this topic feel free email me and I can go into a little bit greater detail we can even work on some exercises but I thought I'd just give you at least in the half hour a little bit of a few ideas about what to do and what not to do so unfortunately we're out of time Don't forget to check back with us next week for our guest interview and then obviously future training sessions. I'd like to give a special thanks, as always, to our producers for making the show happen. Also, if you have any questions, 
comments, again, or ideas for the show, please email me at Pia at PetLifeRadio.com. And if you're in our area, again, I'm in New Jersey. Don't forget, and you feel like you've got a feisty Fido, check us out on our website, which is stHuberts.org, and sign up for class. So until next time, this is Pia signing off. Thank you for your interest in Pet Life Radio. We really appreciate it. Bye-bye. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com.